You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back. Hour number two. It's The Big Show. No George Russick. You're welcome. He'll be back next week. I'm Matt Rose. He's Peter Klein. Patty Dumas here. GVP's in the other room. And look who stopped by on a Monday bright and early. Hi, Brent. Good morning, team. Brent Cron joins us. Former NHL star. <laughs> former Flames draft pick. You're darn right. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, I just saw you make a save that I think a lot of NHL goalers couldn't make. So, couldn't make. Yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit. My right to left oh, was... Uh, what a push. Unbelievable. What a push. Yeah, good How's thing left I wasn't, to right? Good thing I wasn't going against a possible left to right <laughs> on that first goal Saturday night. <laughs> I, I I was in the car listening to that call. I nearly took my truck and just drove it into a telephone pole. Oh yeah, <laughs> hold, hold. It's like I'm gonna hold right into this damn pole. It's, it's like Braveheart, you know, when you just hold, <laughs> hold, hold. It, holds it, and then fires it yeah. into the top of the Islanders' net. Mm-hmm. Holds it. I didn't know what was happening on that play at all. I just I was holding on to it. He and just, and just had it. He in just his had hand. it. Yeah, yeah. He's just in his right by. hand. Yeah. He's like. And then he throws it. And he throws it in the net. <laughs> and we're all very excited. Yeah. The uh, Flames do lose to the Islanders in that game. But I guess overall, did you see this as a, a step in the direction as the team kind of sold it after the game in their media veils? Well, I, it, well, first of all, it was an exciting game. It was. It was a very exciting game against uh, an Islander team that had lost or hadn't won in seven games. And don't necessarily always play the most exciting brand no, of hockey. No, That's not what at the all. Islanders are known for. No. They, they, that was when you looked at it on the schedule and you're like, oh, get ready. You're going to watch it in the barn tonight. I know. I'm going to muck it up. And I wasn't, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of, of Sorokin, as we know from yes. uh, my picks last week. Number one NHL goalie <laughs> for uh, Brent Cron right no, now. No, he's not. Vasilevsky is. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, Sorokin was, was my top list. He yeah. was number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> my nightmare list. But uh, to, to see Pospisil drive the net like that, and then just, and he held on to it, but then he was able to elevate it, and like, mm-hmm. he had, Sorokin had low covered, it was tight, and he was able just to flip it in the small part of that top part of the net. I was like, oh my God, what a goal. That was un, that was an unbelievable goal. Yeah, I didn't know he had that no. in, the, in the bag of tricks. A- against that goalie, too. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not yeah. like we're... You know, Do you think Sorokin was surprised because no. of the same way that we're like, oh, it's Pospisil, like crazy? I don't think Sorokin gets surprised. Watching him, actually, it's very reminiscent of just the way Kiprasov played, too. Just mm. very kind of calm and collected. He, he, he anticipates the play. Yeah, and then he got up afterward, and he, it was a great play. He just gets up, takes some water. It looked like it was a shot from the point that beat him. Like he, There yeah. was no, you know, like after that uh, uh, that um uh, penalty, not penalty shot, but shootout goal by Horvat. That's yes. their first goal. You know, you can see Marks go, oh, I could have had that. Like, he's a lot more emotional and, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that aspect. But Soroka, you don't see any of that stuff from him. It's just even keel, pretty pretty low key. I think it was the speed from Pospisil to get around the For defenseman. Sure. Yeah. Because typically, even if you're going to make that power move, you don't have that gap between the defenseman and the netminder to actually no. get across. No. And you need to burn your defenseman to get yourself that much space coming across there. That's exactly what he did. For sure. And he's a left-handed shot coming in, so he's got, the, he's got the ability to put the brakes on and, and go the other way and go back and get you sliding far right. Mm-hmm. And then Do back the old Forsberg on yeah, you, make yeah. you look real silly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where you leave your underwear somewhere in the second, yeah. <laughs> second bowl, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, the Islanders battle back, and I, I did, you know, every time, <laughs> or at least maybe just me noticing this, but... 
think the first two goals the door was on, and Sportsnet camera just pans straight to him. Right at his face. <laughs> right yeah. at his face. It's like, it's just, no, there's a magnet attached to the mm-hmm. guy. Um, and, and then, uh, obviously that, uh, beautiful giveaway by Anderson there. Like, you know, you just, tape tape. <laughs> just tape the tape back and, and then you're like, wow, that was, that was fun. Markstrom usually looks into the rafters after a goal yeah. cause he doesn't like to lay blame <laughs> that one. He, you could, there was this, a few laser yeah, There was lasers yeah. number yeah. four like, oh, into his soul, man. Yeah. And then you could just see Ueger on the ice too. He just completely skated in the opposite direction. Yeah. So he couldn't get, don't, you don't want to cross that gaze. Well, that no. and, and the cameras also on you. You don't want to be in that shot, yeah. right? It's just like, get me as far away. <laughs> yeah. We all make mistakes. I don't yeah. want to be a part of this one. Yeah. Um, but no, and then, I mean, I thought Markstrom played a great game, though, too. I mean, he... he third uh, period, third kept period, a minute. Kept it close, gave him a chance, got a point. Like, it was, you know, a high-scoring game. Um, and and I, I did like uh, uh, the, the Flames' grit, though, to get pucks to the net. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there was a couple deflections there that went in mm-hmm. and a couple screens. And, you know, I thought for sure the Flames were going to come out in regulation and win that because they just dominated they the, last, the, the third period, right? Running around in the third period oh, in a good way. Yes. Oh, it was just, I mean, the, especially the last 10 where they were just pushing after that fourth goal, that that, Waves. that, that lead goal yeah. by the by the Islanders there. They just started coming. And I was like, oh, this is unbelievable. I was, I loved, I was actually, I had a little, I had energy watching the game. I, right? I, I was, I was, whoa, I did too. Like, what's going to happen I next? I was excited to watch it. And I watched it on TV, but it was, you could hear the energy in the building. Like it was an exciting brand of hockey. It was mm. just wow. Like just keep this going, guys. Like you lost. Yeah. yeah, I know that sucks. You got a point, but this is exciting. I liked it. It was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like they figured out how they're supposed to be playing now. Right, they're coming. Like, they, they know how they can get goals and how they can't get goals, and they they've started to kind of figure out what works for them. It yeah. seems like that they have at least a couple of lines that they have figured out now. Like it, it seems like the, the light bulb is starting to go on at least a little bit for parts of this group anyway. Yeah, chemistry. They're starting, yeah. To, they're starting to understand each other's strengths. The Caudry line and the Backlund line in particular, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still think that the Lindholm line and maybe a little bit of, still trying to figure out some. Like Sharon Govich had a great game down on the fourth line. You maybe bump him up. Like yeah. right now, it really does feel like it's going to be Lindholm, Manjapani and whoever else is going that night. Yeah. It's either yeah. going to be Sharon Govich or Dubé or someone else in that kind of role. But right now, it feels like they have kind of something going in the top nine that you can work with. Yep. And that's a good thing to have heading on this road trip where they're going to go Seattle, Nashville, Col- uh, Dallas, Colorado, or Colorado, Dallas. I might have those. Dallas, Dallas, Colorado. But it's a back-to-back nevertheless. Yeah. You want to have those lines set going out on the road, and it feels like they've got something here that they can work with. Well, it's a little bit more depth. Eh? You, mm-hmm. you, you can throw a couple different looks at them, and uh, I mean Dallas was humming along too, right? They're they're they're, they're pretty. You get the top club. two teams in the Central: right. Dallas, Colorado, on a back to back. Right, that's so going to be gross. That yeah. is going to be a, a true test for the club, a true test. Um, yes. But uh, you know, you mentioned Sharon Govich, and he may be the go-to guy in the shootout now. Hey, don't you think? How was, yes. dirty is that he was, on? That was, <laughs> that was gross. That was. I mean, the 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 who were they playing? Where he went roof on on the on the shootout, or was it? A, I can't remember. That was Maple Leafs. Yes, the Leafs. Yeah, yes, it was the Maple Leafs. And then That'd he did GBP. that on Saturday night against the Islanders. And he came in with, you know what, there's a difference when you come in slow with confidence and slow without it's confidence. It's different than Kuznetsov, hey? Yeah. Oh, oh man. Kuznetsov. Yeah, well, well, he was you know flying what? compared to Kuznetsov. Yeah. Right? I like the, he's like, 
He, yeah, he was like yeah, a like serpent. A, like he was just yeah. slithering like around. Right? Just like anaconda. I'm coming At one in, point, right? I thought the puck might have gone backwards. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, hey, right no. around the hash marks, I was like... But I wonder how much ground he covered in that move, because he went wide pretty... You know, but... <laughs> Regardless, so that was a it's phenomenal a play move. off the wall, and then yeah, she chipped it to himself and picked it up. Drive, can you do that? But how quickly he went forehand to backhand and in, like, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and he had a purpose. He knew what he was doing, yeah. right? He and knew exactly what he was doing. And then you see Huberto come in, and he came in slow, but he was waiting for Sorokin to make the first move, and that was there was the difference between those two plays where Sharangovich had a plan. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he was going to adjust if there was another option. Whereas Huberto was coming in slow, hoping that, you know, uh, uh, Sorokin was going to fall asleep and then he was going to catch him on something and he Mm -hmm. ran out of time to make a move and lost the puck. So it's just, you can see the confidence is just completely different. And then... Which is crazy because in game, I actually thought Huberto looked really confident and really strong. I know. And Sharon Govich, you know, does his thing. Right. Where he, you know, just does his thing. Just leave him for the shootout. Just get every game to the shootout and let him shoot three times and the Flames win. Right? <laughs> kind of what Ryan Huska said after the game when he was asked about Sharon Govich in the shootout. It was essentially like, well, he has a very specific set of skills. <laughs> yeah, he's Liam Neeson. That we in- can use in the shootout. <laughs> yeah. and yet, yeah. Yes, you have killed his dog, and now he is going to score on you in the shootout and eat up like 13 minutes of ice at 5 right. on 5. That's right. what you're going to get out of Sharon Govich. Maybe he'll kill a penalty or two, yeah. and that's what you're going to see. Um, Jonathan Huberto also shot in the shootout. Liked him in the game. Yep. Um, did you like the idea to go to him in the shootout? No, because I didn't. oh no. no. Okay. Go why was that? I don't know, because I think right now when he's struggling with a bit of confidence, he had a great game. You're putting you're putting his skills when he's kind of at a low for everybody to see, and there's a, and mm. I think he's already putting a ton of pressure on himself to perform. And now it's a one on one battle. And I think he's just <laughs> he's fragile right now. And if he scores it's a risk, you're like, Yeah, he scored, and he'd be yes. like, Oh, that's yeah. great. But the back end is he doesn't score and does that, and everybody's like, "Oh, why'd you put him out there? What are you doing?" That's you know, like he's been he's played two good games. Mm -hmm. He's played two good games. I think you leave him off the shootout for a little bit, and you just kind of babies keep the training wheels on for a little bit with his confidence, and he's he can build off that. Leave him out of the shootout for a little bit because he doesn't have the. You have to have confidence to come in on the shootout, or you have to have no idea what you're doing and then just come in and fire the puck. And he's kind of. He's nowhere in between, right? Yeah. I, like the thing for me, sorry, Pete, no, no, no. just one second here on this. Um, for me, is that he actually was showing confidence in the game. Yes. So I thought that Huska was using his, hey, he's looking confident. Let's try and capitalize on this momentum that he's looked really good in the last 40 minutes here and try and get him a goal to have that jumping off point. So I kind of liked it in that sense. But you're thinking he wasn't maybe rolling enough. No. Like that pass he made to uh, Backlund in overtime, the spinorama out beautiful. of the corner. Yeah. But, but, Huberto, uh, he's had a couple breakaways this season, and he's tried to go yeah. five. That one in Ottawa too was just that atrocious. one in Ottawa looked like he was just warming up yeah. Corpusalo, yeah. right? <laughs> and you and you just you know just stay away from that for a little while, right? Because yeah. yeah. you, you can tell just there's there's nothing clicking. But that you know that short side shot when they played Vancouver against yes. Smith there, I mean that's not a breakaway. He's alone. He's got he does he has to make a decision right away. He can't beat himself. And I think right now. He's playing. He's playing in spite of himself, right? Where he's he's got the ability, he's got the talent, but mentally, there's so many hurdles he's putting up in front of him that having, putting him on display like that, I think would yeah. would would uh, it, it rattles him a tad. Yeah, there's almost times where like you can watch him think out there. Oh yeah, which is, in, in a sport <laughs> yeah. that's a, as quick as hockey, you can that, hear him not... think. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, don't do that. Oh, maybe do this. Oh, try that. You can just you watch the guy. I mean, you just you can see how tight he holds that stick, and then he makes that beautiful pass to Backlund. You're like, yes. He also had one shift that really stood out to me on the Coleman goal, where he had a really good back check, stripped a puck, turned it the other way, led the rush. He had a deflection chance that Sorokin made a ridiculous yeah, save did. on with his toe. <laughs> and then it got cleared, 
and they put it right back in, and that was when uh, DeSimone fed Coleman for the goal, and that was off a rush try. I know. The team's scoring off rush tries now. And the confidence of DeSimone to fake that shot and go back door. Yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> he held your, it. From your six, that, he held it, yeah. <laughs> that, that might have been. We're talking holds about surprise. Holds it, holds it, and then fires it. <laughs> that might have. If anything surprised Sorokin. I would imagine it was a disamone fake shot backdoor <laughs> tip in. That probably would have thrown him off a tad, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, That's definitely a guy I have not I, heard of yet. And I was yeah. impressed with this. He played well. He's been good again. He's been good. He's been really good. Has he been the more sturdy of that third pair? Yes. The last couple has. games? Well, you've noticed him a lot more for the right reasons. Yeah. Right? And you haven't noticed him as a liability, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's but- avoiding pressure. It's making plays under pressure. It's the quick breakouts. Well, it's joining the rush. We it's talked, everything. We talked about this last week, the decision-making under pressure, right? He's not coughing the puck up. He's not panicking with it, and, and you'd kind of expect him to do so. And and he's just been he's been uh, uh, smooth and consistent back there, mm-hmm. and he doesn't make bad decisions under pressure. So far, if he can keep that up, I mean, that's what you need out of your third pairing for sure. Don't don't screw up. Don't cost us a goal. Don't be a minus player, and, and just get the puck out of your zone. Transition. Make sure you're pushing the puck up, and you're in the right spot. Well, his his line mate or his uh, defensive partner is doing enough of the coughing oh, the puck up what, stuff, man. What goal was that where he tried to wheel it behind the net? I think it was the fourth goal, maybe. And then he got yeah. pinched yeah. off, and then he kind of passed off a problem. He tried and then to it, give it to Huberto. With two he, guys on him. He was in double coverage, and Huberto wasn't open at no. all. No. The right play was a reverse back to DeSimone, who had the entire ice all by himself. But he forced a play, and then he also did the whole... Head in the sky, like almost blaming, like they didn't get the puck out. And I was like, your decision making was not good there. And yeah. then I think he was caught in no man's land too, mm-hmm. where he just kind of crossed over. Or, oh no, that was the that was the that was the first goal. Sorry, mm-hmm. never mind. Where he was in Zordora was in no man's land. I'm getting a bit behind to myself here, but uh, uh, where he just kind of crossed his line of sight, he was in no man's land. And then he's just like, oh, what do I do? And then he skated right in front of Markstrom and short side and in the yeah. net. But yeah, back to that fourth goal, he uh, he lost. Uh, he lost the, the battle there for sure. Nick DeSimone is 28 years old, a guy who was never drafted. He's now played 11 games in his NHL career. Did you ever play with any guys like this in the minors that were top pair AHL defensemen? He was on the top pair with the Wranglers last year, and the Wranglers were a very good team, but he never got the call up. Or, well, he did. He got four games in there last season. Yeah. But he was never the guy that we were talking about for the call up. And now he's here. We didn't really talk about him in preseason. It was He's kind all... of only here because Poirier got hurt too, right? Like I, I think that's probably fair-ish. Um, I think Poirier needs a little bit more time. He's really offensively minded. Depends mm. on what you want out of that third pair, especially someone to play with Zadorov. You want someone who's guess, a little yeah. bit more kept together. And that's what I mean with a guy who's 28, who's played a lot of time in the AHL yeah. and has come up and has looked so comfortable because he's not like a young guy who's blown away by playing at pros. He doesn't, he's got the physical, he's, he's, he's a man already. And I feel like that has helped him impact. So I just wonder if you've ever seen anybody who kind of reminded you of a, a guy who at the AHL was a top pair, 24, 25 minute guy. And all you need him to do would be at the NHL level is this. Yeah. Sturdy six men, six defensemen, 15 minutes, maybe a little third pair PK if you need to. That's it. That's no, all we're asking. You know, since you're putting me on the spot here, I got absolutely nobody. Okay. That's uh, fine. You, can, um, you can rattle your brain in the you know, uh, commercial I mean, break I, there. I think of guys homework. Like, like like Derek England mm-hmm. or Adam Party, but I think they came on to the NHL a bit sooner than, than DeSimone did, right? Yeah. And they weren't top pair D-men in the American League either. They were kind of three, 
And they made their five. NHL money being kind of bang and crash. Yeah, and like, not mm-hmm. like this. England right? so, was more of an enforcer. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Was, so I got nothing right now. I'm sure once we go to break and we've and the, and the topic is, is, has since yeah, we, moved on. Yeah, we can I'll be able to oh, this guy. I play, yeah. I'll have to go through Hockey DB and figure out who I played with because there's a lot of teams that I played on. I'm sure that this means a lot for the teammates to see this guy come up and have this success because... It wouldn't be something that was expected yeah. from his teammates. Well, and they're happy for him. I mean, yeah. he is he is a more experienced guy. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran in the in the American Hockey League. He's getting an opportunity now to to showcase himself a tad. And for guys like that, that it's taken that long, mm-hmm. guys get behind real quick, especially if you're a good guy too, which I can't imagine he's not. Like he's probably a really for to be around that long to to hang in there to work hard to to get an opportunity now and to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Like. I think I, I'm cheering for this guy for sure. I didn't know who he was, honestly. Yeah. And and now you look at him and he's he's making plays out there and mm-hmm. and I I mean easy guy to to cheer for and I'm sure his teammates are are rooting for him too. That's another thing about uh, Pospisil. If we want to go back to him for just a moment, a guy who I don't know if a lot of Flames fans expected him to be the key ingredient here this season. I I probably had like five or six guys that I would have picked to have more of a role before possible. Razichka would have been one of them. Dewar would have been one of them. Both those guys are playing further down the lineup than this young man, and appropriately so. He's been dynamite all game long. It's the injuries for him that have just derailed his career. It's crazy to see this guy because what were your expectations of him going to this? Did you know he was still in the organization? No, I didn't. That type of stuff, right? This is the type of guy we're talking about. And this is the type of stuff the Flames need, too. Some surprises in training camp. Some guys that are coming up that we we don't know a whole lot about or don't have a high expectation of. Because we have a high expectation of the people we should have, the people that were brought in to to elevate this team. And so we're disappointed with that. But now you have a couple young guys here that are are just are, are tearing it up and, and bringing some excitement and some passion and some energy. They're new to all this. So this is exciting for them. It's fun to go along the journey with these guys and, you know, just seeing their excitement and their involvement and, you know, Connor Zary coming in and they gave him a chance in the shootout too. Yep. And and you're thinking maybe he could score. Like, you know, like he, he came in a bit too slow to make that move and Sorokin's too good to, to, to let that one in. But you're just, you're, you're, you're rooting for these guys. You're excited. It brings some energy to the dome, though, too. Mm-hmm. When they're on the ice, they're running around, they're finishing checks, they're getting in there. You know, Pospisil's yeah. a bit of a, a dirt bag too at times, With which the is visor. yeah, With you the, know, the dark like, visor. Get under somebody's skin. Don't just all be friends out there. Do something that's going to piss somebody off and get you noticed, right? And get under somebody's, uh, you know, get in their get in their head a little bit. Get in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just it's nice to see guys playing with emotion, some passion, and some energy, and well, I love it. And it's got the ball rolling in the right direction now because it was. I'm not breaking any news to anyone in here. Bit of a slog for a bit there with this group. And you get these guys breathing some life into this team, and that's why people were calling for it last year as well. But like that that has to be a a spark, like you said, to the veterans around, where you just have Pospisil, bing, bang, boom, like crashing into everything, and then scoring highlight reel goals. Like, okay, yeah, it just, it feels like the vibes are better around this team because of these kids. Well, and it elevates everybody else too, because if Mm -hmm. if the kids are going out and doing it, and then the veterans aren't, it's you need an injection of passion every once in a while. Yeah. You, you play in the league for so long, it becomes a job, and it doesn't matter what you make. It's just every day, 82 games, and I mean, that's it, it's a privilege, but it's you can forget that, too, when you've been around it so long and things aren't going great, and then all of a sudden you see a new kid coming up, and he's got all the energy, and it's brand new to him. You're like, hey, that's what I used to be like. I mean, look at Kadri right now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's he's feeding off a lot of this energy from the young guys, too, and he's been a bit of a you-know-what disturber, and he's... I love it. I think this is great. I love watching Flames games now. There's Even if they're not winning or, or they're making... You know, mistakes and things aren't going their way. There's still energy. There's still, 
drive. I love it. That was the thing that Pete said to me first thing this morning. He's like, they're just fun to watch. Again. Yes. They yeah. were fun to watch that yes. game on Saturday. And it's the most fun I've had watching an Islanders game in a very right? long time. What you know, more can you ask for at this point? <laughs> right. And then even last season, too, it's like they're down 3 1, and we knew the game was over. Yeah. Right? This <laughs> season. They were down 1 0. Right. The they, they, they give up an early goal, <laughs> yeah. first shot, and their game's over. Like, Curtains. The, yeah. Yeah. These guys have been down this season. They've given up early goals. They've been down, obviously, like Saturday night by two, and they battle back. Yep. And that and that's character, and that's and that's competitiveness, and that's work ethic, and not giving up. You know, and and Markstrom, you know, letting in three goals, and then it's like, okay, you know, I I got to make some saves here, and you know, it gets to four three. I'm not letting this game get out of hand, and and it very well could have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and, and every just pushed late. They did. They really did. And you know, I mean, speaking of uh, 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 dirty uh, uh, shootout goals, that Horvat goal was pretty sick yeah, it was too. Gross. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of guys coming in real fast and then slowing right down, just laid the brakes on. Oh man, I used and to get Mark lit Stone up by that. Froze. Oh, I know, but because he what came in so fast, and he's a left-handed shot, oh, and he's yeah. waiting for that blocker side to open up, and he got him to back up deeper than Markstrom wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And you could see when he, that. I mean, he that he was knew, the one that he knew. Yeah, like because he it, knew what Bor- Horvat was trying to do for too. sure. He did, yeah. but it was a great shot though too. Yeah. Like yeah. he put it, it was unbelievable. I have some questions as far as this road trip that they're about to head out on. They got Seattle tonight. They got Nashville after that. Then they have the Colorado and Dallas back-to-back, which is going to be very difficult all before they get home. Um, Also, they have 10 of their last 14 points. That comes after a six-game losing streak, and all the contract negotiations got put on hold. Yep. I'm going to ask you after the break, how does this change things? Also, Ooh. I'm going to get you to rack your brain about that AHL defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> let's do yeah. some damn work, okay? Yeah. I know it's early. Show up prepared. Let's go. Yeah, come on. For questions I don't know about Can that you are just coming. think about my brain yeah, I know. once yeah. in a while? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. We'll take a break. We'll continue around the corner. Brain Cron sticks around until 8 o'clock. We got NFL and CFL all in the 8 o'clock hour. Going to be a fun rest of the show. Stick around. Sportsnet 960, the fan. We're back. It's hour two of the big show. No George Russick this week. He'll be back next week. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Hey, did you see Patrick Liney was a healthy scratch? <laughs> yeah. That was just, that was coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if goal scorers don't score for a very long period of time, mm-hmm. they don't really... They, what do they do? What do they do? I mean, I played with Pavel Brendel with the Hitman. It's like that guy would score 72 goals his first season. He would just score at will. And then when he couldn't score, it's like you're not going to ask him to kill penalties. or you're not, <laughs> If you move him to the third line, he's not going to check. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, line A is very similar. Mm-hmm. He's got a bomb. Yes. He's, he's streaky. Mm-hmm. He can put the puck in the net. But when he... Uh, um, doesn't want to play hockey. When he's not engaged. When he's not engaged, and they're not, I mean, I think the Winnipeg tried, mm-hmm. and then he went to Columbus, and, I mean, you got, there's very few better setup men mm-hmm. than Gaudreau. Yeah. Yeah. And also when he's engaged. When he's engaged. Because uh, Lina can shoot the puck. Like, the guy's, he's big. He's, like, people would want this guy. I kind of like that. Like, you know what? He's got a bit of an edge to him. He's a bit cocky. Hey, look, you, know what? you haven't played well long enough. You're you're embarrassed, but now we're just going to embarrass you a tad bit more. You know what's uh, not crazy to me? The OG Fortnite map came out a couple of weeks ago. And uh, uh... play has dipped from old Patrick Line. <laughs> remember when he was in Winnipeg and they had that big... Uh, he's not allowed to bring his Xbox on the road anymore because he's gaming yeah. too much. Yeah. That was yeah. a big thing with him. Yeah. Uh, Brent Cron joins us. 
Peter Klein is in here as well. Patty's Hello. producing today. GVP is running the board. We're having so much fun. Charles Davis joins us in about a uh, half hour's time here. Um, but I did want to ask you a couple things about this group because, you know, over the weekend there was some more discussion about the pending free agents of this team. There was a, a little bit of a Twitter rumor, perhaps, that there's a little bit of a trade in place for a a, a Maple Leaf mm. uh, trade when they return home from Sweden after William Nylander is, is done taking over as the king the of world. the country or whatever they would do over in Sweden there. Um, this stretch, they have 10 of their last 14 points over the last seven games. Uh, prior to that, they lost six straight. And during that six straight, we heard uh, contract talks are on hold. Pausing everything. Um, we don't know if anybody wants to stay. Nikita Zadorov has requested to trade out of here. We're trying to figure out who's in and who's out. And probably going out on a lot of cases here. And mm-hmm. now they've got 10 of a pa- lost 14 points. Does it change anything? No. Um, the message is shut up and play hockey. Yes. And, and uh, I think over the weekend here, Friedman had mentioned that there was a bit of a conversation by the Flames captain. A group conversation? To end the noise. And uh, I tend to agree with him. If that did transpire, I can't see why it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You're creating a lot of distractions for yourself. And uh, and I think Coleman said it too in the media where it's like, we've had enough meetings. Like, yeah. what, what do you need meetings for anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty simple. Shut up and play hockey. Right? And if you're if you're... If you're out there complaining to the media and you're out there telling them your thoughts, if you're out there, you're you're you're, you're responsible to to your to the guys in that dressing room. That is your responsibility. That is your obligation as a professional hockey player. Yes, you play for yourself. You have to because mm-hmm. you're you got to take pride. And if you're not going, uh, then it doesn't really work. But you got to look those guys in the eye. And if you're going to go out there and air your dirty laundry in public and complain and 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 make excuses, right? As, as legit as they are. Uh, you lose a lot of credibility internally with your guys. And so for a captain to make a captain move and just say, end the noise. He doesn't have to make a big deal. Yeah, we had a meeting and I laid it, I laid down the law and I told everybody that this is what's going to... We didn't hear about Call it. Call a press conference. We yeah. didn't hear about it. New mm-hmm. sheriff in right? town, it's, And I guarantee you, Backlund didn't run to Friedman and say, no, I text him, hey, I told these guys to settle down here just so you know. Yeah. I'm sure somebody just, you know, you know, he's an insider, Friedman. I'm sure somebody would have said, hey, you know what? Backman's grabbing a hold of this team with that uh, dirty duster of his. It is dirty. And he's just going to say, hey, guys, you know what? We're, we're paid to win. We're not even paid to play hockey. We're, we're paid to win. We're paid to perform. If you're not going on any given night, prepare, be prepared to sit down. I like what Huska did. He sent a message when he thought Huberto at the end of the bench there for that third period. He 100% did. I think that resonated with the players. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the organization saying, hey, you know, all contract talks are on hold, boys. So... And now you're back to playing for your contracts if you're a free agent after this season. And we're here to win games. We're not here to cater to the whims mm-hmm. of you professional athletes. We're here to win hockey games. And I, and I love every second of it because guys are taking this more seriously. It's not a circus. Yeah. Go out there and do your job. Mm-hmm. I wonder about uh, your emotions kind of for uh, the portion of the, fl- the Flames fan base that have turned to Team Tank. After the six-game losing streak, and they're pretty upset with any time that the team gathers a point or two. Um, my general feeling here is win yes. when you can, because you have guys here that are going to be here for a while, and every time that you can win, you should. 
you should not be losing games just because, especially this early on in the season. If you're going to be trading guys, there'll be plenty of time to lose after you've a traded away your team. Yeah. yeah. And you've brought up guys that are not Pospisil and not Zary that aren't eventually going to... Eventually that well runs out. Yeah, for a, sure. a, eventually you're not <laughs> going to have guys like that come up and join your team and have success. So I, I just wonder what what you think of the that that portion of the fan base that is fully embraced the tank at this point and aren't happy with 10 of a possible 14 <laughs> it, points. It's early. It's ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous, but it's early. It's you know they lose they lose 6 in a row, they get 10 of 14 points. It's, we're on a bit of a roller coaster right now. So, team tank, no team should ever tank. I know what happens and it's frustrating for Flames fans or any, you know, team that just kind of finishes the middle of the road every year. Pick a lane, are you going to rebuild? especially with this organization, mm-hmm. or are you going to try to push through with what you have? I think the young guys have showed you that the, the that they got some good young talent. Maybe better than I think a lot of people expected going into the season. Better yeah. than I expected. Me too. Right? Yep. And, and Markstrom's playing well. I, ride this. You want guys to have confidence. You have a bunch of unrestricted free agents that uh, at the end of the season that you can move that could become valuable. Right now their value isn't that high because they've started the, t- the, the season off very poorly. And, and now they're... Riding a bit of a wave here right now, a positive wave. We're, we're talking uh, very, very positively about these guys. Mm-hmm. And you're just not going to make a move out of emotion. Yeah, they were they were bad, so now we're shutting down trade talks, and, and we're tanking, and we're rebuilding, and now we're going well. Now we're not going to be, oh, we're, this team's going to win it all. It's like yeah. you have to keep your emotions just even keel. It's a long season. They've only played, what, 17 games or 15 games or something like that? Um Early. 17, nailed yeah. it. Good job. Nailed it while your screen's open. I was pretending like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> dumb like a fox over here. But uh, uh, yeah, Team Tank, it's too early for Team Tank. I think fans just want to see some change, and, and it's a long season. And and, and anyway. Yeah. My argument to that also is, A, you're not going to be nearly as bad as the Sharks. No. <laughs> and B, this isn't a Connor Bedard type of year. No. There's a couple of guys who would be very good, and any team would be very happy to have them. Don't get me wrong, and you get top-end skill at the top of the draft. I understand that. But this isn't a Bedard. This isn't a McDavid. Uh, Matthews. This isn't a Matthews. This, yeah, this isn't yeah. someone that we've been hearing about for four, five, six years right. already. Um, that might be Gavin McKenna the year after. And if we want to talk about Tanky Langer, okay, I'll listen to you. But <laughs> never mind. I'm not doing it right now. And I'm not getting on that boat because, like like you said, they got good players and they got good goaltending right now. And yeah. apart from that, I think you just got to press forward. You do. Now, granted, you can get a pretty good haul for a lot of these guys. For sure Especially you can. if they're playing well. Yeah. Agreed. But it's seven, 17 games in, mm-hmm. right? And and we all know uh, it's, it's such a tough job for Craig Conway right now. Mm-hmm. Just because everybody's calling, hey, we'll take out, we'll take Hannafin for nothing. Because yeah. we know he wants he wants out. And then Got he was a couple of thirds for you here. Right. Hey, what do you want? Burning a hole in my pocket. Make let's make change for the sake of making change. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there is enough talent in that room, and we've said it often enough, where they can get themselves out of this. They haven't proved they can. But on paper, who cares about that statement? There's plenty of teams that, you know, I mean, this this team, I think last or two seasons ago was destined to be a, a top contender. Last year, top contender didn't really pan itself out. Yeah. Um but yeah, like just settle down. Don't don't be emotional too. Don't you know? Don't overvalue your guys either too. That now that things are going well, just play it out. Be patient. Don't make a move for the sake of making a move. The one of the issues with tanking with this group is they don't have their first round pick for next year, the twenty five one. Now there's a billion conditions on that, so maybe they do. I don't fully sure. understand it, but like even if they go just absolutely down into the toilet, you don't get the benefit of that next year. Mm. That's Montreal who gets that. Um, also. The, the one issue I have with tanking is, or I guess I have a few, um, A is we have to watch it, which, you know, 
the long season. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we've done the, man, can't put Yanni Ortio on waivers. Like, I've, I've done those shows. <laughs> it's not fun. Um, but also, like, the way lotteries are set up now, like, the worst, Chicago was not the worst team in the league last no. year, and they got the prize, right? Um, and the lastly, you never want losing to be okay, right? Yes. And that's, I think that is exactly what has happened in Columbus. Last season was a, yeah, who cares? We're not going to be good anyway. We're going to get a good draft pick. Hopefully it's Bedard. And then we'll start to turn it around. And that has a 100% fail rate where, where it's okay. We're going to lose for a couple of years and then it'll be good. Buffalo, and, Jack yeah, Eichel. Right. Um, Edmonton for a very long time, losing was okay. And they were never able to turn the corner until they got the best player in the world. And even then it took a bit. And what does that say for your culture, too? Right. For you, you're bringing guys up. Guys know what's going on. And everybody's saying, no, we're not. We're giving our young guys a chance. And we're doing I mean, it, it's, it's a bad precedent to send. And I don't think that you, I mean, there are teams you can blatantly see that, that have kind of thrown in the towel. They're like, oh, we're just trying to give our young guys a chance. But not, not here. No. Not here, please. No. Right? If you're going to go, go. If you're not, like, I admire what, oh, I admire. I like what they're doing right now. Giving their young guys a shot, and mm-hmm. and they're and they're proven like the Zaris, the the Pospisils, the guys that are just they're going. It's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, let them play. Hopefully, the veterans can kind of pick up their game. They they have been, um, but tanking. Yeah, it's it's just such a it's such a bad mindset. At what point in the season do teams understand what they are? Because right now the Anaheim Ducks are, I think they're losers of three straight here now. Um, after being gangbusters to start the year. The Flames lost six in a row. Now they've got 10 of a possible 14 points. The Avalanche got off to a slow start. They're second in their division now. Like All across the board, you've got teams that have come out and and maybe been a bit of a... Flyers have won five in a row. When do you know what you are? Is it now? Is it a week past? Is it two weeks from now? Where Where is that point for you, Brent? For me, yeah, because what the benchmark you always hear is what U.S. Thanksgiving. That's, you gotta that, figure that's out, on Thursday. Right, right, and that's coming up here pretty quick. Yeah. Um, For me, it's usually about that 25-30 game mark, which I think kind of fits just a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't at the St. Louis Blues that were dead last by, what is it, January? Yeah, yeah, Christmas New or something? Year's New Year's? Day. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's an outlier. You know, you're not sitting yeah. there, well, just because the Blues did it, we're going to sit here and yeah. hang out for a little while. Yeah, but San Jose's like, all right, we got this one, boys. <laughs> I yeah, know, right? No problem. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but for me, it's about 25, 30 games, and you had a good body of work there, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of know what your guys are, and you can always get on a heater and play better. But around 25, 30 for me, that's kind of where you know where, where, where you're at. And then you get into the doldrums of the January, February, where it's cold outside and you're in halfway or just over halfway done the season and it's a grind and you got to get through that part and then you kind of get excited for playoffs coming around starting March time. But yeah, 25, 30 is kind of my, my, my benchmark. That like six weeks in between the holiday freeze and the all-star session, <laughs> that feels like the part that's the biggest slog. Because like oh, you mentioned, man. the weather has been not good. Yeah. Uh, you know that you've got one more break. Yeah. A lot of teams are either... We're in or we're out. Yep. You're either, you know, trade deadlines before that type of thing. That's got to be the hardest part of this. Oh, yeah. And the days are long, you know. Days it, are long and without a lot of sun. Without a lot of sun. <laughs> and you, it's just, it, it's a grind. And that's always the toughest part of the year, just to kind of get over that hump. And there are some players that, uh, you know, already booking U-Hauls in, 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 yeah. in, in February and March or planning their trip is where they're going for, for the summer. And, and I mean, that's not everybody, obviously. But that, that stretch, it's just, it's... You're in the twilight zone. Everything's just the same. Everywhere you go, get to the rink, go practice, play a game. The difficult thing about all of this is that 
based on how things have gone here the last couple of years, where Gaudreau leaves for nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you, you do salvage the, the Kachuk thing, um, although the way Huberto played last year, some would say they got nothing there either. But um, you don't want, like, you have some very prominent players who could just leave, right? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of them. And yeah. I, I think that is that thing hanging over this entire conversation. Because, like, just in a vacuum, yeah, they're, they're playing better. Um, you don't want to blow it up. I don't want to watch uh, an AHL team for the next 65 games. Um, that would make me lose my mind. But you also don't want Tanev, Zadorov, Hannafin, Lindholm all just leaving, right. right? And so I do think that there is going to have to be somewhat of a change here, like a, a retooling or, or something along those lines, just based on how the contracts are right now, right? I... <laughs> If there were two years left on Lindholm's contract, we're not having conversations about trading him. But because he has made it not overly clear, but at least kind of clear that maybe this isn't the place for him, you you do have to do something with that, right? Like, with the free agents this year, but the team still having a a certain amount of skill that is not even close to a lottery team amount of skill. They're bubble playoff team amount of skill on the team. Yeah. I don't know what is best case scenario for this group. I don't know if it is to lose and to force their hand to trade everybody and to kind of turn the page and, and retool and, and try and get a new centerman for Jonathan Huberdeau and, and use that cap space you would have used on Lindholm to do that and, and trade for it because the free agency market isn't great and, and try and ad- attack that way if, if you start losing. Or is it to have a, have a season where you scrape into the playoffs? Maybe you win a round. But then everybody leaves in free agency. What does that do for your group? Like, what is the which one of those is the better path for the organization? And that's why it's so hard to be a general manager because you got to pick a pick a lane, right? This yeah. year, more so, I thought it was going to be last year they had to pick a lane, and it really feels like you got kicked down the can here. And now we're at this point, and it's like, okay, we're playing now, and they're kind of winning, and you got all these guys that you got to make a decision on, and chances are none of them are really coming back. Well, and. And we're just, I mean, I have a bad taste in my mouth just because the way the season ended last year and all the guys with the unrest, no, maybe it's not a place I want to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and and that that still bothers me now. Mm-hmm. And trade deadline, uh, I'm really looking forward to because I think nothing's going to happen until, like, that time for for the Flames. And they're going to get, I think they're going to unload a few guys. I really think that they, that they are. Um, and we're going to get some fresh faces in here. And it may work, it may not, but... Mm-hmm. but um, Craig Conroy's not going to get burned, I don't think, and and I, and and he's got to obviously watch what his team's doing. But I think he's got a pretty good idea, and he's not just going to pull the trigger right now. And it, and even for for a player like let's just I'm picking Hannafin. All of a sudden, he starts to play phenomenal. Like he's 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 he, been good. He's, he's been really good. He's had a good few games here. You're not basing your your decisions off emotion, right? And that's so mm-hmm. hard to do. He's like, wow, this is the type of player that we need him to be. Let's lock him in for another eight years. And then you're you're. I mean, and this is just all hypothetical, but. How how in, in Hannafin's tenure with the Flames? How long has he played this well, right? And, and I mean that's a tough question. I don't even know the answer to that. They would, I don't. Mm-hmm. But you sit there and it's like, okay, well, there is a bit of unrest. You have Backlund saying end the noise, which is phenomenal and it has uh, worked. Yeah, yeah, it has worked. Lindholm hasn't been particularly great, mm-hmm. right? He had three points there the night before against the. He's had a couple of flashes here and there, right? But, but yeah, he, but he also, to me, hasn't looked overly engaged. Yes, right. Yeah. And, and and that to me is also very telling. Of you know, he's a very consistent player over the course of his career. He's a very consistent player. I don't like to read too much into body language because we don't know nearly enough of what's going on for these guys I do. personally. Okay, then you're gonna <laughs> love this. Yeah. Um, the last time I saw Elias Lindholm with like a big 
ass-eating grin on his face while he was playing was when Johnny and, right. and Matthew were both on his line. Yep. And I don't think we've seen that elation since. Like, no. even when he scores, like, you remember when he was in that slump and he scored <laughs> and Jacob Pelche gave him, like, the, the biggest hug ever and it still was, like, just like a, a, a just like a little uptick in it the corner a smile, of his it mouth. It was an upside down frown. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Right. And like I said, I don't like to read into that too much because you never know what else is going on in these guys' lives that could also impact their, their state of mind. But at the same time, he has not looked the same since those guys left. And as that has continued on, it has felt more and more like he wants a different place. Yep. I still think, and I said it all summer. Guy's an important player, and you can win with a guy like him, either as your first or your second line center. And with what he's going to get paid, that's where you're going to pay a first or a second line center these days. But that being said, if he doesn't want to be here long term, if he doesn't see the fit, if he wants to try something different, if it's just gotten too stale here, I also wouldn't hold that against him. No, no. But you have to make a decision if you're the Flames. Yeah. And and I think Lindholm would tell them. Yeah. I, I do. He seems like that type of guy that. He doesn't really need a whole bunch of cameras on him to 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 say what he thinks. I'm sure he's probably gone to management and said if he wants to leave, he said, I'll put my hand up, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. they have that information we don't. He's not engaged to me right now. He's not in, He's not having fun playing. It hasn't been fun for a little while. It's picking up now. But he's one of those guys that, that to me, his, his body language has shifted for sure. And, like, in my opinion, he's kind of already told them without telling them, right? Because sure. depending on what reports you believe, there's been like an eight-year contract worth around $9 million out there for him since July. Yeah. yeah, And like he has spent exactly zero seconds this season looking like a $9 million hockey player. And I think from the Flames standpoint, the the way things are going right now, down the middle with, with Kadri and Backlund there anyway, if you can get first-round center value for him in in a trade, by all means, yeah. I'll, I'll drive him to the airport. Like I, I think at this point... That's the that's the big one, I think, from a, a flame standpoint where it's like that that is one where I like him. I think, like you said, you win with those types of guys. It just isn't working here. But if you can get that value from a Boston or a Toronto or a whoever, then yeah, take it. Well, and and if he goes to another place and has success, that's fine. Like right. because he's not he's not here right now. You know, he's he, he's going through the motions a tad. He's he does a lot of little things that people don't pay attention to. He's he's excellent defensively. He's always in the right position. He's very a little play he made on Wallstrom yeah, for the fourth like, goal like he, on the he, wall. He is so talented. And yeah. I I love I love Lindholm as a, as a hockey player. I think he is I think he's great. Um but you also have to do what's best for the organization and because we can see his potential, what potential? We've seen how good he can be. Um but maybe it's just it's not a good fit here right now and, and yeah. I like I said, I would trust a guy like Lindholm if he wanted to leave, would have quietly gone to Conroy and said, you know what, if there's a trade for me, I'd like to go. And yeah. taking more of a long-term look at this, um, the Jonathan Huberto situation, as much as he started to play better, uh, he started to play better beside Michael Backlund. That's not a long-term fix. No. Michael Backlund signed a two-year extension. Mm-hmm. After that, who knows what happens with the current captain of the Calgary Flames. But Jonathan Huberto signed for significantly longer than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has not worked with Elias Lindholm. Every time they're on the ice together, it's it just does not work. It's oil and water. Yeah, it is, they, they bring out the worst of each other for uh, whatever it's, reason. It's, I don't know why, but every time they just cannot do a tape-to-tape pass, they just <laughs> demand to throw it into each other's feet for whatever reason. Long-term look, if Lindholm leaves, you don't have to spend that $9 million, and you can allocate that somewhere else. I'm not saying that you bump up Nazem Kadri and all it, it just adds another big to-do item for Craig Conroy after that to try and find another center, and 
trust me, as a Flames fan in the early 2000s, I know what trying to find a first-line center is like. <laughs> it's not easy. No. And even finding Lindholm was a task. And he just played the wing for like three seasons before they were like, well, maybe this will work. And then it did. Yeah. But that that's kind of my idea here, too, is, is that if he does decide to go, you have an opportunity to try and find someone different, whether it's a veteran, whether it's someone younger, whatever you want to try and do to try and find somebody to match with Huberto, which I think this year, I don't know if you're going to find a solution better than just put him with Backlund and Coleman and just let that play itself out and let him find his confidence again. <laughs> but down the road, that that's kind of what I think about when I ponder a Lindholm extension. It's It's down the road... Who is going to be the next center? I don't know who it is, but if it's not Lindholm, you have a little bit more flexibility. I agree. No, I, yeah. I agree. And and that's the tough part. The salary cap, trying to find the right guys, making moves with what room you have. I mean, yeah. you don't have, your hands are tied. They're big, big time. But they, you got to find somebody. And haven't, uh, haven't they thrown around Duclair a little bit too? That, yeah. Right? Because well, in he, San Jose. Right. Yeah. And you're like, hey, you know, maybe that's a. Could play in the right wing where they've been pretty, pretty. Suspect? Well, well, I, well, I was going to say they just haven't been very deep on the right, right. side yeah. since yeah. Kachuk left. And essentially he was a left winger that they turned into a right winger. Right. They've kind of been thin on the right side since Jerome left, really. <laughs> yeah, like they, they, <laughs> really. They have been perpetually looking for someone who can guy? shoot right-handed. Yeah. Um, Seattle tonight. Yeah. Thoughts on this one before we let you go? Uh, Your time here is up for today, but it, we'll see you again tomorrow. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'll i be here bright and early tomorrow. Yeah. Except 8, 8 a.m. tomorrow, right? Okay, sure. Yeah, I think Whatever so. Whatever you want. Yeah, I, I think know. so, yeah. yeah. I'll just come in whenever, yeah. and we can just yeah. talk some hockey. Patty will get it sorted. It's, win- it's a winnable game. I have. I'm, it's maybe too early to see who the starter is, but, you know, uh, Vladar played really good against Seattle there. Yeah, he did. And maybe they, they pop him in the net. And then or they do you do have a back to back later on the trip. So I know. that would mean that he gets two of four and Markstrom gets two of four. Hmm. Markstrom's done good with rest, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't know. It's just throwing it out there. It's a winnable game for sure. Uh, on this trip, this is a team, I think uh, Seattle's played two more games than, than the Flames, too. And yep. they're, they're four points behind. So this three is points. A, three points behind, yeah. right? So this is nice a big try. game for the. For the <laughs> ah, yeah, right. I, can't I, t- see. I took the page off, though. <laughs> yeah. Off my, and now, off my and now I'm falling and apart. Now, now he's floundering. Yeah, he's uh, reaching. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no. But it's a winnable game, right? And and on this trip, especially, this is a. this To start off, right, this is, this is yeah. a win that they need to have. This is a. They need this win tonight. And they build do. some momentum off yes. the recent little work here that they've done. Um, always a treat, man. Always. Enjoy your day. Thanks for. Thanks for having me. I was going to say, thanks for coming in, but yeah. I'm, I'm actually leaving, so yeah. I'll, I'll see you later. Go move some <laughs> solutions out there, all right? Selling. Selling solutions. solutions. Selling, yes, that's what I do. I sell solutions. How could I forget? Uh, that's Brent Cron. Uh, he joins us every single day after a Flames game for All Kind Doors. All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. Anything that swings, slides, or rolls, call All Kind Door Services for all your door repair needs. You can also find our one of The Big Show wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google. It is all up right now. An hour number two with Brent Cron will be up for you shortly if you missed the start of that, too. Uh, we'll take a break. Around the corner, lots of football in hour number three. Charles Davis joins us to talk about the Week 11 NFL action. We'll tee up tonight's awesome game between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Also, Arash Madani going to join us. He was covering the Great Cup for Sportsnet. We will ask him about uh, this last one that, be- that did not disappoint. Plus, we got to go over our big bets. We have a lot to do before we hit 9 o'clock. We'll take a break and continue shortly. Sportsnet 960 The Fan.